0: Open your eyes. This is America, the greatest nation on Earth, where rats
1: have it better than Italian children. If we are to build an empire of hope, we must first conquer New York. Our New York is being threatened by a wave of brown skin filth.
2: They just keep coming. We ought to ship them all back. To show America we are all people of dignity. I want to
0: build an orphanage. Be careful. This place will eat you alive.
1: Even the Pope cannot protect you from what may come. (laughs) Ti piccolo. Gesto d'amore. Vuol cambiare ogni cosa. I am unashamed. What about you?
0: So, Jace, I'm uh, my Lisa and I've been on quite the run here on the road, and the the run continues today. I'm in the Red Stick. Do you know where that is? The Red Stick. Is that Baton, Does that ring any bells is that Baton Rouge? for you? Baton Rouge. Oh, okay. That's the French for the Red Stick. That's the, which I have no idea why they call it the Red Stick, but that's what they uh, call it. A
3: th- we have this thing called the Internet that divulges information when you ask a question. Or Phil's former friend, uh, what was her name, Athena, uh, uh, no, uh, Alexa. But y'all had a, yeah, but Phil and Alexa had a parting of the ways. Yeah.
1: yeah. All she was supposed to do she, she is couldn't. wake me
3: up when I wanted her to wake me up. And
1: after three days... It came time for her to wake me up. She said, if we, if "We have a uh, computer pop up." Out. I said, "I'll get rid of it. Get get throw it away." <laughs> Sleeping on the job, Alexa.
0: <clears throat> Only after you interrogated her dad on uh, what she knew about the gospel and the Bible. Don't forget that part.
1: It re- reinforced what I've been thinking of what these computers would do to you. That reinforced the idea. Alexa couldn't couldn't make the cut. She didn't. She didn't wake me up one morning. What's your problem? Alexa, got to keep <laughs> and, and, and then she asked
0: bunk. you about Sy, si, right?
1: Yeah, I went back to just <laughs> the, the the old
3: timer, you know, click, click, click. So, uh, Al, in 1699, French visitors called the spot Red Stick Baton Rouge because of a boundary marker pole stained with animal blood standing on the river bluff. Well, this got this got weird.
0: I think I was better off not knowing. I just, yeah, I don't
3: know. uh, You
0: think they were? The message was don't come, don't stop. Maybe that the message was don't stop here.
3: Wow, that's two minutes of my life I'll never get back. So I got some good news, Al, because that was a weird thing to look up. Uh, But it's there for you, Phil, if you ever want it. I'm sure you could find the same thing in an hour in your encyclopedias.
2: But it was, yeah, so it was the Native American, two Native American tribes, and that bloodstained pole was the boundary marker between two basically hunting camps.
3: Yeah, well, it's interesting. I mean, it's not a whole lot different Mm -hmm. than what goes down in your parts out here when somebody puts a stake in the ground and claims the deer, area you know what people y'all do with the deer hunting i stay at all that but i I do remember i've told that story before about duck hunting because i joined a hunting club so i could duck hunt because they said we're full we're taking no more deer hunters i was like yeah i don't care anything about the deer but i'll pay the fee if i can duck hunt that little break they said well perfect because nobody duck hunts here so we went down there started shooting ducks And then three members, club members, came in a boat while we're hunting and started nailing a board on a tree that was 10 foot in front of our blind while we had decoys out. And I said, what are you doing? They said, we're claiming this spot. I was like, well, we're in the hunting club, and we've already claimed this spot. And he said, I don't see a sign. Yeah,
0: that that really (laughs) happened. So, (laughs) you know what you should have done? You should have taken a red stick stained with animal blood and stuck it in the ground and said, cross this line. Mm
3: -hmm. So what I was going to share with you. So (coughs) usually we do our podcast the first two days, you know, Monday and Tuesday of the work week. But this week something happened and I don't know what that was, but we're doing my travels. Yeah, Your travels caused us to do Monday and Wednesday, but I want to inform you. So. Yesterday I had the day off. I didn't even get up and go till hunting. I played the the guessing game. I said, I don't think they're coming. And so I didn't show up. And how <laughs> many did y'all kill yesterday? Zero, zero. It's such a good feeling when you because you savor the sleep. But it's a it's a tough game to play because if they do come, you will hear about it the rest of your life. But I did know. I showed up this morning. The first teal that lit in about three seconds. Boom!
1: boom. That I, was heard a, I heard a shotgun go <laughs> off, and I said, boy, old oh Jace,
3: he came, he came ready to go. That was the highlight of the morning. That was the only deal we shot. But anyway. But I wanted to tell y'all that I actually had a podcast yesterday on my day off. What? recorded one? Would you like to? No, it was not recorded. Well, it was, it was recorded in the minds of the audience. So here's what happened. I'll tell you the story. This is a good story. You'll like it. So my truck, you know, they, they, what do they call that? They, uh, what do they call it when they take a standard truck and then they transform it? They didn't baptize it, but they, I can (laughs) not think of the word. What's it called? They trick, not trick it up. They,
2: uh, trick, they trick it out, trick it out. Is that what they call it?
3: Yeah. Trick. Yeah. So they put like bumpers on it. They, I have a, uh, a winch on it, these lights for nighttime, and and they raised it up, and so and it's okay. They made it look like a mad spider. It went from a spider to a mad spider, just and uh, it sounds like problem, to me
1: you had a little extra cash hanging around, and you just thought you'd no, blow. they
3: they didn't charge me. It's a company who does this, and they said we see that you have a truck in need of renovations. It's a brand new truck. And I was like, what do you have in mind? And they said, well, i tell you what, if you'll let us do what we do and you take a picture in front of it, we won't charge you anything. But we just wanted to – it's a marketing deal. They're like, we want to show people what we do. So good, I went, good, I went uh, let me think about that. Yes, please. And so anyway, but somewhere <laughs> in the process, my tires got, got misaligned. And uh, so I was driving, brand-new tires on the thing, and – it felt weird but it was on the inside of the tire so long story short i had to get two new tires so i did well i went back up there because it started feeling the same way and i thought i want to make sure this thing is still aligned right so i took it to the tire place all right that's why the, on my day off i was going because i'm fixed to you know it's right before duck season we're fixed to be driving a lot so i go up there to the tire place and i need my oil change well when i walked in this place was busy it was bustling so I thought oh boy and uh, but a guy as soon as I walked in he went Jace well, I looked up I, I didn't think I had ever seen him before and uh, he stuck his hand out and he said I just got through seeing you and I thought okay I came from my house what's he talking about well he was watching a <laughs> podcast so he saw me on the podcast and then he saw me at the tire place so it was weird for him, yeah. you know? And uh, he said, I'm trying it's to get like my It's like you life came right
0: out of his computer screen. <laughs> you walked right into his existence. Exactly.
3: So it was weird. Well, everybody was looking around like, well, this is weird. Who is this guy? You know, talking about me, because, I, you know, I'm sure some of the people, they just thought I was a vagrant. And uh, so he was talking about <laughs> he had just got involved in a Celebrate Recovery, and he was trying to – and somebody from the Celebrate Recovery – not the one we have at our church, but a different one, had recommended that he yeah. listen to our podcast. So, so he did. Hmm. So here's what's funny about this. So I sit down. Well, he starts asking me questions. He's like, what do you think? The first question was, uh, he said, what do you think is the hardest thing to get to get over, you know, as a Christian, you know, from your past life? So I was like, well, then I felt like I needed to explain the gospel and the actual because I'm like if you don't have the Holy Spirit if you haven't surrendered to Jesus well it's all going to be difficult you know yeah. the right so right. but here here's what's weird is there were so many people in there we weren't sitting next to each other so he was across the way and I was across the way and there's people we're in a circle and you have all the people <laughs> working there. So Phil, this was a one hour discussion on Jesus transformation. We got into his biggest problem. He said my big he's here's my biggest problem. He said the love of money and he said i I heard y'all read you know that it's a it's the it's the root of all evil and he's like, well that, that's me. So what do you what advice do you can you share you know so but that was the nature of it but then it it hit me. Because I thought, now here's a guy who looked like... I mean, he looked like he's going to celebrate recovery. You know what I mean? Yeah. He was hes he's a little rough on the the outside. But he had a good heart, and he was inquiring about that. But I thought, here we had probably 20, 25 people listening to this conversation. Nobody else said a word. And I thought, I wonder what they thought about that. You know, it had to affect them.
1: You were fulfilling... Romans chapter 12, offer your bodies a living sacrifice, which is your form of worship. And then as far as it depends on you, try to live at peace with all men.
3: Well, I really wasn't sacrificing. I didn't have anything else to do. It passed the time for me. But it was a little... It was a. That was a great way to
1: share Jesus. What you. It was there. a
3: Jesus conversation for an hour in a place that wasn't a church. It was a tire place, with hmm. everyone yep. listening, but it didn't really hit me till I walked out. I thought, I bet those people thought, "What an interesting conversation!" Because you, know you know, what struck many people—they weren't
1: <laughs> believers, probably. No, no pulpit necessary.
0: There <laughs> <laughs> we go. We <laughs> were getting the job done.
1: <laughs> did you get on a raise portion where no, you were talking No, I down? did not
3: get. This was just real talk. I, mean, I went talking... through Hebrews 12, 1 cuz like about the money. Remember what we talked about I was like, Look, some got some things God gives you are blessings, but they can become a weight. I said money is one of those things. I was like the reason I think cuz he said, "Well, how did your family handle cuz y'all obviously have a bunch of money now?" and you're famous." I was like, well, but we found true happiness when we didn't have any money, and we found that in Jesus. I said, now when those blessings came, they can become weights if not properly handled. He said, well, that's what I need. How do I properly handle that? I said, don't wake up every morning thinking that you're fixed to strike it rich and all your problems are gonna go away. I said, that's a bad, I said, you need to wake up every morning saying, I've been forgiven, I'm gonna live forever. God's got a purpose for my life. And if I have some money in my pocket, guess what? That's just great. Even
1: with my background, you're telling me that I have been through one sacrifice, Jesus Christ, what he did for you. You're telling me that because of that, I have been made perfect forever as I'm being made holy.
3: Exactly. I just thought you'd get a kick out of that.
0: No, I love it. And it was the that whole discussion was about money is the Philippians four. When Paul said, I've learned what it means to be content in any and every circumstance, whether I have plenty or I have nothing, I can do all things through Christ Jesus who lives in me. And so you think about it, that means that Jesus is enough, whether you had a little or whether you had a lot. So your description Mm. was perfect because we've experienced both.
3: Hey, you tell you what's funny? The part I laughed out loud on. So I, I went through the rich young ruler. I just quoted it from memory. And look, so I get through it and I said, What do you think about that? And he said, I don't like that story.
0: <laughs> 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 he, he didn't like to go sell everything, yeah. I said, Well, you know what?
3: You I said, You're gonna make it, you're gonna make it in Jesus. And he said, Why do you say that? I said, Because you're honest. I was like, yeah. there's a lot of things right. that when you believe Jesus is real, there is a lot of moments that you read something and you're like, Hmm. Well, I don't like that because you're you're resonating with that. That it you this yeah. is this is what repentance is. You realize that God has his best interest for you and your best interest. He was pricked
1: because of the word of God. Now you have to understand that you know when you feed on the scriptures you will be able to, to you train yourself to distinguish good from evil. If, mm. you're, if your way of life is, but I'll pursue money at all costs. But no, I, I mean, I, I have a love for money. And yeah. if that's the case, well, what about when you die and they put you in the ground? Is
0: the money going to help you? Ain't going to help you. Yeah, no, no U-Hauls. Hang, hang on, Zach. Let's take a break. So on this little speaking run, Jace, I've been on, it's mostly uh, pro-life events or or surrounded around that. And uh, I got to meet the uh, attorney general from uh, Mississippi, who her team argued the Dobbs case, which in essence turned over Roe v. Wade. And what's interesting is, is every audience that I've been at, there's just a lot of excitement about sort of a post-Roe world. And so a lot of organizations have already been in place. And, And somebody last night that spoke mentioned All the prayer that has been going up for 50 years concerning abortion and how those prayers were finally answered with this first step. And one of the groups that's really been responsible for a lot of that prayer is a group called 40 Days for Life. Uh, We've had Sean on our podcast, who's their CEO. They have a million volunteers in a thousand cities and they hold these peaceful vigils outside abortion facilities and they're there to pray. I mean, they're there to pray that people will make good decisions, that they won't abort their babies. And they've got some numbers now. They've been doing this long enough to know that uh, a no-show rate goes as high as 75 percent because of this prayer uh, that people won't show up uh, for an abortion. So it's working in more than just the big stuff. Another percentage is 45 percent. Forty five percent of the abortion businesses have closed their facilities in some of these uh, more liberal states. So. Hearts and minds are being changed, and prayer is the reason why. So we want you to check them out uh, to support these guys. Check out their locations, their podcasts. There's a free magazine at 40daysforlife.com. It's going to keep you updated on how abortion is ending in a post row America. So that's 4040daysforlife.com. Check them out.
2: Yeah, that's that's what I love about guys and folks in recovery ministries like CR and AA. It's like the some of those questions that because they're focused a whole lot more on transformation than you know some sometimes we are and um, because they know they know how sinful they are. They've seen the they've seen the consequences of sin. Yep. Sometimes we convince ourselves that we're not that bad off when we are, and we don't focus on transformation enough. You know, I think his question is. Question We all have, how, like, how do I experience the transforming power of God? I was thinking of, uh, there's an author whose name is uh, Larry Crabb, and and he, in the interview, some, I think it was an interview, he said, uh, after 50 years of walking with Jesus and reading the word, he said, I'm just kind of disappointed in how little transformation I've seen. And I, I've got that, I, I identify with that. But I think the answer to Phil's point, you, you had quoted this loosely out of Hebrews 5. Yep. what uh, what it says, but for for solid food is for the mature. I would add add this word in there that you didn't mention, but you you referenced it who, because of practice have trained their senses to distinguish or discern good from evil. And so I think that how how do you get out of, of like if if, if money's your thing or maybe it's sex or pornography or gossip or whatever your, whatever your thing (laughs) is and you're not seeing transformation in your life. I mean, the the easy answer is to read your Bible. The hard answer is by, by practice and constant use, you train yourself. That's it. By practice and constant use to distinguish good from evil. You have to exercise your spirit just like you would exercise your body. If you said, how do I run a, a, a 5K? Well, you have to go out there and start doing it. And over time, it won't be that difficult. But you have to do it.
1: Yeah, it's not rocket science because the fruit— Of the Spirit, if in fact you're being made holy and you are feeding on the scriptures and you are training yourself with the help of the Holy Spirit, then you will see uh, things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self control. And that far outweighs (coughs) the, uh, the influx of money coming your way. The money's not going to be able to give you those qualities. It just won't. You can spend it and buy this and buy that and buy.
0: You and you dad, you've got to you got to ha- remind people of the stories of transformation too. You know, we had Rucker on the podcast a while back, and Zach was yep. telling me what how much people had responded to that. And the reason why is it's it's an incredible story of transformation, and you got to tell those stories. Last night we were here, Lisa and I were speaking, and it was just briefly at the end of this gala, and it was a celebration of, you know, Roe v. Wade being overturned. And there were a lot of legislators there from Louisiana. And now we've banned abortion in Louisiana, which I'm very proud we did. And so we got up at the end Well, Lisa for the first five minutes. She just talked about her being a 16 year old girl and and having nowhere to go. And so she had an abortion. But you talk about bring reality into the room. I mean, like, you know, it's a big topic of you know, abortion, but then when somebody is there and just reminds you that you can be transformed and God can yeah. do amazing things in spite of our weaknesses. I mean, all the people afterwards, the, the, the uh, Mississippi Attorney General was there and the solicitor, the ones who argued the Dobbs case, and they came up in tears and they, they were telling Lisa, thank you for reminding us why we fight the fight. And so it's, it's transformational stories that really resonate with people. And I, I think, Jace, you discovered that even in a public setting like that, there's no telling who else has been was impacted in that circle that you'll never know that just from that yeah. discussion. You know, kind of a directional dialogue, which is Jesus' style. You know,
2: yeah, transformation. If you think about it, it, it you, you're not going to experience transformation from just a simple cognitive understanding of the scripture alone. You have to embody it, and you have to experience it. And I think why these testimonies, like Lisa. Her testimony is so powerful is because it, it, it's a way that people can experience truth, not just know it. And I, you do have to know it, but you yeah. also have to experience it and embody it. And that's what I love about uh, recovery ministry like CR, uh, which we're about to start at our church um, as well. But um, we actually just started doing the, uh, the first phase of that. But it's, I mean, think about CR is geared towards spiritual formation, towards forming the spirit through... A lot of exercises that get people to start contemplating the truths of Scripture, and particularly in comes of their own life, their own brokenness, and and with that, you over time, you know, you experience a substantial transformation, and you look back and it's like, wow, look at what God's done in the last you know ten years. So it's cool that when you tell that story, Jace, just thinking of that guy was hungry, and and he was so honest and raw with you that it's it's almost refreshing when you when someone says like. Yeah, I don't like that story. That, that, yeah. That's refreshing to me. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. You know?
3: That's what I thought it was uh, you know, I figured he was young in the faith and he and he took this as a sign. Because the last thing you think you're gonna you think you're gonna see if you're trying to better your life and somebody recommended a podcast and you're watching it, the last thing you think you're gonna see is the actual person that you just listened to. Well, he's looking at it like Plus, you go in there, you all you is a couple of tires that's
1: it <laughs>
3: well I already had the tires yeah. I just wanted them to make sure that it was aligned properly yeah. which it needed an <laughs> and adjustment. were they no were they aligned no they weren't and so they fixed it and I was there three hours but an hour of it was that and so uh, but then I didn't mind because I just thought I mean this was a I think it was a God orchestrated thing I mean called me crazy but I think it was.
0: <laughs> well, and that's the moments that you have to be ready for. You know, a lot of times our audience will ask, "Well, how do you do that?" You just you just speak what truth is, and I love it when people have questions. I met a young man last night at this event. You know, and he came up. He said, "I just can't believe you're here." And I said, "I'm here." And he was like, "I mean, I watch you on the podcast, and I look up, and you're here." And I said, "Yeah, I know," and and so are you. <laughs> but it's like you were yeah, saying, it Dave, reminded it's, me. It's you realize of one impact. of those. Yeah,
3: it reminded me of, one of those chick flick uh, movies that Missy got me to watch one time. But I, I think Tom Cruise was in it. I don't. I don't even remember. it. But it's like they got to the end, and he was like, I think he was going to ask the girl to marry him. I can't remember exactly what it was. And so he finally made up his mind. You know, I got to do this. This I'm going to do it. And so he drives to her house. But when he got there, it was like all these women had gathered, and it was like. A women, uh, women's counseling session, and they were basically talking about what was wrong with all their husbands or boyfriends. <laughs> and he eased in there, and,
0: and Clayton and time
3: Yeah, and he's looking like, but there's all these women here, and she's just shared that he's just a loser. And then he just thought, well, <laughs> if I got to just do this here, if they, I mean, because he didn't want to do it in front of all the other women. Because I kind of felt that yesterday, I thought, because when he asked me the question, I thought, I mean, there's 20 strangers here, I don't want to bother them, and he, but he's like raising his voice across the room, you know, and I just looked around and I thought, <laughs> well, if this is where it's got to go down... This is where it's going to go down. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Did you tell him you complete me at the end of the discussion? No, we didn't get that. That was a little weirdo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was,
2: I was going to ask the same question. Uh, but you know what that's called? Uh, Lee, Lee Strobel calls that boomerang evangelism. I can't remember his exact story, but, you know, he heard the gospel. I, I think it's he heard it. Someone else was having the conversation and he yeah. overheard it. I think is what happened. I, I may be getting that wrong, but there was some kind of somebody experienced yeah. the, the, the the transforming power of Jesus and that in his story. That and it wasn't a one on one conversation. It was somebody was eavesdropping in on another conversation. So you never know. Out of those twenty people, man, it may be interesting. You yeah. may you know, look back in five years and somebody might meet you and say, "Hey, you remember that time you were in a tire shop?" Yeah. That's, oh, that's that's, right. yeah. Well, I've, I've told this story
1: before, but the guy that ordered the duck call, that's all he wanted <laughs> was a duck call. And in the midst of that, he cursed God. But He would GD this and GD that. So I finally, before we hung up, I said, by the way, I said, he said, you got my duck call coming? I said, yeah, I got it coming. I said, by the way, I said, why do you keep cursing the only one that could save you from death? And, he, and it was silence. Well, he said, hey, send me my duck call. Bom. Well, about 10 minutes went by and the phone rang. He said, hey, it's me again. He said, you know what? I never thought about that. I said, well, you're cursing him. And I said, unless he can get you out of here alive, I don't know nothing, no one else that could. I said, you know what you ought to do? You ought to come over here and I'll tell you about the one you're cursing, you may change your mind. He said, I might do that. I said, well, you ought to. Well, a week goes by, I knock on the door, He stepped in the door and he said, I'm the one that was cursing God. And you told me, you're going to show me why I shouldn't. So I told him about Jesus. He was converted. About 15 or 20 years later, I ran into him and he was one of the leaders at that church where I was speaking. So you never know. Just Hmm. one little telephone conversation or like Jay's, needed his tires fixed and turned out to be a Bible study.
3: Yeah, it was good. Well, I think,
1: yeah, and to, and to your point. We ought to put that into practice, Jay. It's what you did there. That's a good thing to practice.
3: Well, I, I'm that's what I was saying. You know, First Peter 3.15, always be prepared. Well, in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope to, that you have, but do yep. this with gentleness and respect. So yep. it wasn't like I planned doing that. He's the one that broke down the wall of social banter and just wanted to have the conversation and then i thought because he
0: because he was seeking which is that's what you're looking for is seekers let's take a break so dad uh what is the only supplement that you take omega xl omega xl and that says something because that Dad's not much on meds or supplements or anything like that. But uh, I convinced him because I was that's taking the omega only thing aches. I take. Exactly. And, and the reason I convinced you of that, because I said it works, I had been taking it and I was like, I don't have aches and pains. And there's a reason why your body has 360 joints. You know, if you start up at the vertebrae and go all the way down to your feet. And so that's a lot of joints that can have a lot of issues. And so uh, as your body ages, they have what they call SPMs, which keep your joints healthy, but you get less of them. And so that's what Omega XL does. It restores your SPMs. It rejuvenates your joints and your muscles. And so you can move around like when you were younger. And and I'm telling you, Dad and I both uh, take this product and it works. So check them out, omegaxl.com slash fill. You're going to buy a bottle. You're going to get a second bottle for free. It's going to give you a couple of months supply, which is what you need to get you going. It takes about eight weeks to really feel the difference. omegaxl.com slash fill, or you can call them at 800-844-4888. That's 800-844-4888, or go to omegaxl.com slash fill. You're looking for seekers.
3: Yeah. The authenticity of his faith early on was evident. And uh, I don't know, even if you weren't a believer and you were sitting in that circle, you had to appreciate. Because, look, you know, you try not to base an opinion on someone based on outward appearance. But, I mean, he spent a lot of time at the tattoo parlor and he just. You know, he was just kind of rough. He was a rough guy. You could tell he's he's made some some, some tough decisions. And so now you could sense that he's really trying to get his life straight. And, uh, and he yeah. just didn't have a fear of what other people thought in that moment because he thought, this is important to me, and I'm taking this as a sign, and I want to have a conversation.
2: So I was glad to be a part of it. Oh, so then When Jesus called him in Mark 1, we mentioned last podcast, Mark 1 17, he said, come follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And they didn't have any fear because they said immediately that it says here, they, they left what they were doing. They left their nets and they followed him. But I think that, what I love about this, uh, that, that opening, uh, your story there. Um, you know, we joke around with Phil about the pulpit, no pulpit required comment that keeps coming up, but really that's, that's what this whole thing is uh, in, you know happening in Mark here you got Jesus showing up and up until this point everybody if you wanted to experience the presence of God, if you wanted to have a, a meeting with God, you had to go to the temple and what's what's going to happen throughout Jesus's ministry and then the coming of the Holy Spirit is that we are now the temple so like literally instead of going instead of you having to go to the temple, <clears throat> Like in that situation, what happened? To that tire shop. The temple of God walked into the tire shop. You got to remember, and, 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 and Jesus
1: that, had more trouble in the in the, uh, the structure of the church building, as they say. He had more trouble with that group way more than anybody else.
3: Well, think about it. He goes oh. to the synagogue in twenty one. You know, and he begins to teach because they allow people to get up and yep. say whatever they wanted, and so which results in him casting out a demon so you're talking about turn the synagogue on its head yeah they're like what just happened here <laughs> that's my point point. <laughs> and so then but in the next paragraph look they left the synagogue well then they go to the home of simon and andrew you're like well nothing's gonna happen here well you know it's something happened because it's in the bible well simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever and they told Jesus about it. They're like, Miss God cast out demons. How about taking care of the family here? And she's got a fever. Can you do anything with that? Maybe even if it was sarcastic. And he's like, Well, he went to her, took her hand, helped her up. The fever left her and she began to wait on them. Yeah. And, and well, then that evening after sunset, look, people are coming to Jesus. You know, now they're at a house, and the and whole Jesus, town and gathered Jesus, at yeah, the
1: door. And Jesus and the rest of it wasn't wonder worried about the microbes going from her to them because she had been sick, might have had the you know the microbes. I think he took care of them too while he He's was there.
3: A microbe controller. Yeah. Is that, have you ever heard that phrase? Yeah,
0: but, but that that story, Jesus, that story is highlighted even more with the guy with leprosy, which is where we left off last time in the text, because this was something that made you unclean in the temple. He, he, this guy couldn't go to the temple, he couldn't go to the synagogue, he was cast off. So you talk about it, Jason, yep. the modern vernacular, we see people and you look at him, and you're like, man, like you described, that, that guy's rough around the edges. They, they're they seen as unclean. You, you see somebody like that come into a church building and people are looking like, what's that guy's story? Instead of saying, if you're willing, you can cleanse me. And then Jesus said, I'm willing, and he touched him. And as Jay said last time on the podcast, that's something he wouldn't have been able to do as a rabbi unless you had the power to heal him (laughs) when you touched him. Well, right.
3: Yeah, he was uh, playing supernatural tricks, which, by the way, I saw there's a show coming out on one of these, I don't know, history or National Geographic. It was it was titled Supernatural. I can't wait to watch that because I hope it's about Jesus. But if it's yeah. not, I will give you a full report. Yeah. Somehow I don't think it's going to be about Jesus. <laughs> I read these texts. It? I don't think and so. Called oh, has- supernatural! I haven't seen it yet. I just saw the commercial. It was like you're talking for a TV show. Yeah, it was a TV show. It's coming out. They're like it's coming soon, and it said supernatural, and they had some. I saw well, some a, critters. I think that's a.
2: That's a. I huh? think that's a very. is that that's an old TV show? Right, it's been out on. A
0: long time,
3: is it right? What's it about? Yeah,
0: there there it's was one these... called Supernatural, and Jeps this buddies was that. Like was National Geographic,
3: and I saw some animal. They had some real oh, no, cool close up. Okay, of now animals. this is
0: about like.
3: And look they they brought up on the commercial. It said natural, and then they put up super supernatural.
1: The most excited, the most exciting thing. I have witnessed in the last fifty years of following Jesus, no doubt about it, has been the most exciting thing, one thing I've ever done in my life. What to see people go from, like your buddy there, you oh, was talking yeah. to, from lost go to go from yeah. lost to saved. Oh, that's right. It's the most exciting thing I've ever done in my life. Is being a part of that,
3: just- following in Jesus. Uh, transformation that's why in Luke 15 when he told the three stories about which we're fixed to get into this story about in chapter two when he's when he called Levi and he's eating with all the text collectors and the sinners and they're like hey what are you doing hanging out with them?" when he tells those stories the joy that that is mentioned in heaven and on earth that happens when someone returns to God through Jesus it causes joy uh-huh. these are the pick-me-ups of our faith yep. Well, Al, going back to You know what's our, interesting, Jay? Well, I never finished my my thought. The reason I brought up the. Yeah, hang on. Of,
0: let me. Let's take. Hang on. Let. Hang on. Let's take a break. The standoff at the border is heating up between Texas Governor Greg Abbott and the federal government.
2: Politicians will never let a crisis go to waste.
3: The reason I brought up the synagogue to the home is if because if in practical reasons, okay, if you go to the synagogue and you encounter Jesus, you what they did, the supernatural progression of that, was to then take Jesus into their home. Now there they had the physical, literal Jesus, but we have the spirit. And it's the same concept. If what is happening, your experience with God. You know, that happens usually in a church building. People go, they have an altar call. But you then have to take Jesus in your home. Now, granted, this woman was sick, but whatever the problems are. I mean, there's a formula there for being a a disciple of Jesus and following Jesus. And I'm trying to, I, I think this is portraying a formula of that. It's in the synagogue. It's in the home. It's in your hobby. It's in the tire place. I, I was that was the point I was making when you look at the dip, diversity in where these occurrences were taking place that's all I was going to say yeah
2: well I mean, well no that's a great point I, lo- I love the how what the same thing that he's doing in the synagogue which was a, a center of worship right that's the worship place that's the temple of worship that's where that's where you go to worship that's where you go to do the, the god stuff. He he's doing the God stuff in in that place, but then what Jesus is doing is he's taking it out of that and saying no 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 it's everywhere mm-hmm. and and John's gospel when you know the, uh, when he gets to the including woman at the well tire 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 including, t- <laughs> into, into, <laughs> including yeah it, 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 everywhere everywhere you go which I is guess. that's the call I mean that 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 was the whole question the woman at the well had which is we, where in John's gospel where do we worship like you guys worship over there in Jerusalem, you know, we worship, you know, over here, like where, where, where does it take place? Where's the, where's the, the center? And he's like, oh, you have no idea what's happening to you. He's like, a time is coming and in fact is now here where you're not going to worship the father in that mountain, nor in Jerusalem. The father now requires worshipers who will worship him in truth and in spirit. And and, and that, I mean, that is just, that, that that's a radical, you want to talk about transformation, like I don't have to go to a place to get filled up. Like, I, I, like, like, I'm carrying, I'm housing God Himself in my body. I mean, that's that's pretty profound. Well, look, what's what's yep. about to unfold to,
3: to go to Phil's point about the joy, and because look, so I'm excited after that happened. Because most of the times I would have come home and said, "I spent three hours at the tire place." Can you believe that three? I mean, three hours is a long time, but I was happy. Cause we had the conversation. So then I shared with Missy, who was not having the best of days, cause our little baby was just not in a good mood. But I was had so much joy. Well, then she got excited about the conversation. Well, then I was like, let me get, let me have that boy.
1: It made child real. So you. I
3: went over, cause I have, I told y'all, I have his <laughs> walk up songs. I have his playlist that usually takes care of any discomfort. But it wasn't working. I played the Ring of Fire. It just didn't work. I was playing the worship. It was what, I was like, there's got to be a song in here. And so I kept trying different songs. And then I told this to the Dope Blind this morning. And then I hit his new song, which right. was, you ready for this? Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. <laughs> <laughs> when I cranked that song up, he got a smile on his face. Well, the BG guy is singing so high that uh, our little one started trying to emulate that with his voice. He started screaming at it, not, not like crying because he was grinning, but he was like, ah! And I was like, "Well, he is. He is loving. Well, Johnny, it. Well, Johnny
1: Cash was impossible for Johnny Cash. Johnny to do. Cash
3: could not do the BG. No, see took the Bee Gees. So I started <laughs> when I started trying to get into my falsetto and doing this because now I'm like, this is working. This is working. We have happiness and joy. Well, when I started doing that, well, my two little lap dogs, they thought now we had gone into to wolf cry. So they started oh." Ooh. <laughs> Everybody's getting fired. <laughs> so now, so then I look up and Missy's grinning while she's recording this on her phone. And uh, I said, yeah. "See, everybody's happy now." It only took one Bible study at the tire place to trickle down, and here now we're all dancing to staying alive, and everybody's happy.
0: I love it. I think
3: it's worthy so, of note. So know-how. I want to make a point. Pl- <laughs> I think Go one ahead, thing
1: Dad. is worthy of note. I'll just say again, as I, I, I mentioned this the other day, Mark chapter one, you scholars have said that was the first time, that was the first gospel that you see. It's been, God has been silent for four, uh, for how many, 400 years, not a word. Everybody's waiting on all these prophecies to be fulfilled. Well, you get to Mark chapter 1, and one thing I noticed, if you wanted to do just kind of a little uh, test, the Apostle Paul told the Corinthians, he said, For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you, except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Well, if you look down below there, we do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age, or of the rulers of this age. Now, 400 years of quietness and all these, you're looking at uh, the Roman Empire, which was in place when that was written, then you got the one behind it, the Greeks, then the one behind it, the medo persian then the one behind it, the Babylonians. We speak a message of wisdom who are coming to nothing. Not not the one, not the rulers of this age. We speak of God's secret wisdom. So when Jesus said, the time has come, my time has come, you're saying, uh-oh, what's fixing to happen? We speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden, not a word for 400 years, and that God destined for our glory before time began. And Jesus Christ is everybody to this day. He is the marker of all time.
3: Yeah. We count time by No, Oh, that's a valid point. Yeah. That's why he started in Hebrews 1, said he had spoken by prophets, but in yep. these last days. That's right. Time, he's spoken. None of the rulers of this age understood
1: it. None of them. All these empires that have come and gone. Well, when Mark gets there, he says, none of the rulers of this age understood it. Jesus, him crucified. for For if they had they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. So you're saying, oh my goodness. In other words, the the salvation of the human race is just right there, never been heard of before. Some guy was coming out of the woods, chasing grasshoppers and eating honey. He's hollering and baptizing people. And you're saying, Jesus said, my time has come. The kingdom is near. And without saying it, and I'm the king. It's the most amazing thing I've ever read in my life. Mm.
0: All right. yeah. Which I, is, I concur. Yeah, and, and, it's a, hang, on, yeah. Zach, hang on, Zach. Let's let's take our last break.
2: Yeah, and 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 the and the point I think of what that when we're talking about transformation here, you you, you read that what Phil was just reading here. What he says is that that. Um, the Lord of Glory, but as is written, this is a quote out of Isaiah: uh, "Things which no eye has seen, yep, an ear has not heard, yep, and which have not entered the hearts of, of man, yep. all that God has prepared for those who love Him." So you think, like, what? Well, how does transformation take place? Here, here's how transformation takes place: like, transforma- You have to have a transformation of your desires. You have to go from desiring sin to desiring God, and you think, well, how do I do that? It's the Holy Spirit. He reveals to you the things that nobody has understood, the the great things that God has prepared for those who love Him. Verse 10, for to us, God revealed them. What? All that God has prepared for those who love Him. He's revealed that to us through the Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. So then when you move over, like in the Gospel of John, and Jesus starts to promise the arrival of, of the counselor, the Holy Spirit. He says, when he comes, he's going to guide you into all truth. He's going to make known to you what is mine. Like, what all that means is this, is that you, you, if you want true transformation, it's not just us grinding out 80 years of existence and trying not to sin. That's a miserable life. We have to see the beauty and the wonder of God. we got to taste and see that the Lord is good. And the way that we taste and see that he's good is that the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, illuminates our heart, and then by practice, by constant use, in cooperation with the Holy Spirit, we train ourselves to distinguish what's good from what is evil, and we see that, man, God's way is better. That's where where life is. So I I think that's what Jesus is kind of at the very beginning of it in Mark chapter 1, is we're at the very beginning of him unfolding like that message right there.
1: Spirit through Jesus for the first time can be given to everyone. That's that's the that's what's going down here. You can receive God's spirit, boy. What a what a what a way to live.
0: And that's the that's the ultimate game changer. You, you know, you. it's interesting though because we were talking you were talking about the 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 concept, Jace, of taking going out of the synagogue and into the home. And I thought it was interesting because he also sends the leper. Back into the temple, because, you know, he tells him, he says, see that you don't tell this to anyone, which, of course, he knew he was going to tell everybody knew. But go, he says, show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. In other words, when, when you were cleansed of something now, of course, you could go back into the temple. Jesus sends him in there, no, which I, is really interesting to me because yeah, yeah, me he, he sends it back in as the testimony that he's been healed. And so he can now make the sacrifices. So he sends him back into the system mm-hmm. that he created from the Old Testament, which I thought was really interesting. The time is not quite there yet for, for, for what's going right. to happen after his death. He sends he the guy back into yet. the temple and says, look. Yeah, but Al, I, think, I, think
3: there's that, I think there's something ironic about this. Now, here's my theory on that. I could, I could be wrong. Do I have that shirt on today? No, I have a shirt that says I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But if there was no cure back there for leprosy. Well, I think Jesus did it. I could be wrong, because <laughs> that's the first time anyone had ever—no one had ever gone in and said, "I've been cleansed from leprosy, so I need to do whatever this ceremony is." Well, ow, that had never. So you're happened saying
0: before. that's the testimony?
3: Yeah, I think and they. you're probably thought, right. I think he Jesus planted the seed of the, in their minds. Well, how how were you cleansed? How did that happen? Because was, there was no cure for it. Yeah, I, I looked that? this up in the, in the history of leprosy. They didn't have a cure for it. Now, all of a sudden, this guy's like, I'm going to go through this ceremonial washing because I've been cleansed from leprosy. So I probably, here's what I probably think happened. I think the people at the temple, when he walked in, they moved him over to the mental illness ceremony whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> they said, oh, you've been cured from leprosy. Oh, okay. They're Are still we, working on that to this day, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, but I think they can treat it now.
0: Treat leprosy. Well, but here's the thing, though, no, Jace, There were other There were other things, like a woman on her period. You remember the woman that had the bleeding? I mean, there were yeah. other things that people did have, and then it was over, and they went back in, and now they could— Make sacrifices, so I think the general thing was now you're right, you're back right with the system, but you're right. He would have been a unique case. I never thought about that. Well, right. That I think else he would have was, come in and said, "I yeah, had leprosy." Yeah,
3: yeah I, I think it was just that the idea of wait a minute, you know, it created buzz, and it's like, what, well, what, what, what's happened here? But one other point I want to make out is after you know he healed so many people, he spoke the synagogue, then he goes to the house, well, then he's up. Way late because people, the whole town's coming there. You know, before we get to the guy with we'll see and then it that morning he got up while it was still dark, and it was just in that progression, you would just think you wouldn't read that, but it just shows you the true heart of Jesus that he was, he was literally trying to share and preach with everything in his being. He he was getting the 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 least amount of sleep possible and I wanted to bring that up because I think the Chosen one of my favorite episodes in that in the Chosen in season 2 is where they depicted this moment right here which is doesn't seem like a big moment but they had cuz Jesus was not in it he was out healing people it's like the day just kept getting longer and longer but while he was doing that all his followers were arguing about various things that were coming up, and then, you know, at the end, I don't want to, if you hadn't seen it, you know, where you've been, but at the end, he comes up, and then he didn't say a word, but they, they were convicted and felt guilty about all the complaints about their day, and he's literally worked himself to the bone helping people all day. It was a powerful, powerful, powerful episode. Probably my number one out of those. I'll, I wanted to make that point because it's we do the same thing. We argue about our little lives and all, and you know God's working. You're not going to outwork Him. He's working. He wants to work through you.
0: Yeah, well, that's your it's a great point, Because which I can totally relate to. I'm on this run now. I mean, we've been going two weeks and it's just one city after another one group of people. They're excited for about this, that and the other. And we were signing some books the other day and there was a long line of people. And they, we got to the last two people and she said, I know you all have to be tired. And I said, "Nope." I said, I am just as excited to talk to you as I was the first person in this line, because I made it my goal a long time ago that I was there on God's behalf. And so I'm not going to run out of Jews till, you know, I go home to be with the Lord. So, but I get it. Just the humanity part of it, you get tired, you know, mm-hmm. you get, you, and yet these people have come to see you and hear what you have to say. It's like, I, I, you know, I have to speak. I have to be who I am in front of them. So I see this as more just the ultimate picture of Jesus as a human being, as well as being the son of God. I mean, don't you yeah, think yeah. Jason, I mean, in those well, moments, I think you it's know, it's in in like, a
3: reason. They're giving you those details for a yeah, reason. I agree. The Holy Spirit is. I mean, it would when you when you read these these letters more closely, and then you insert yourself in the situation. Which when we do this in the next chapter too, it gets really good. But yeah. you realize then yeah. he had to be tired. I mean, he's being swamped, and he's just going on and on and on. And meanwhile, instead of people patting him on the back and all there's plots on how to kill him
1: and they didn't have a lot of things like air conditioners fresh running water oh, you good. know hot water no. so, I don't know where they had soap whatever but you know you just if yeah. you camped out for three years walking around in the dusty <laughs> place <laughs>
0: enough, enough. Well, you've yeah, been and, in that and, part of and, the
1: country. Would
2: you like to live there for three years on foot? Yeah, I'm sure he smelled. I'll just say that. Uh, yeah. Well, to, po- to Al's point and to Jason's point, I think he's accomplishing two things here. With the, I mean, he's he is showing his humanity and his compassion mm-hmm. by going out and touching someone who was a leper, which the Pharisees would have never done that. They would have never yeah. showed that kind of compassion. And then he's simultaneously showing his divinity uh, by healing this person. And the irony of, of this it's COVID is, COVID in action. The, hey, COVID,
3: the Pharisees. <laughs> you couldn't find twenty people who had touched one now.
2: Well, I know. And, well, <laughs> well think about the Pharisees though. The, the, the difference between the Pharisees and Jesus: the Pharisees lacked humanity and divinity, but claimed to have both. Yeah. And Jesus, yeah. who actually he possessed it. I mean, he embodied it. The, the, I think that's the the dichotomy. They did They had no compassion, and they had no real power. And then this guy, you know,
0: Jesus shows up. And he's full of compassion, and he has all the power. So uh, that's a great note to uh, wrap this podcast up. We're out of time, uh, but we're going to talk a little bit more about this in our overtime segment. So if you'd like to uh, subscribe to Blaze, and so you can catch those overtime segments every time, got a lot of good nuggets that come out of there. You can go to blazetv.com slash unashamed and subscribe, and you'll get the whole package. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast.